0: Podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, one year older and returned from holiday, Mr. Paul Even. Thank you very much indeed. Hello
1: everybody and welcome back. This is episode number 121. And after a week's holiday, we're back refreshed and ready to fill you in on the last two weeks news. And discuss last week's FA Cup match against Gillingham and yesterday's loss at Ebbsfleet. So I think with with a bumper show to bring you, I think let's not uh, further ado and
0: crack on. Yeah, so a very short update from the supporters club this week to tell you about. The next home game is uh, this Saturday, the 18th of November, as we host Dover. The doors to the supporters club open at noon, kickoff is at 3 o'clock and all the usual quality hours and lagers will be on sale and they will be showing whatever football is on the telly and selling the much-sought after rolls. and that is it from the supporters club for this week
1: Now we also had a pretty lengthy update from the Trust uh, because obviously a lot's been going on in the past couple of weeks, so some of the key highlights uh, in the past uh, couple of weeks from the Trust, celebrating World Mental Health Day, the collaborative project Coping through football held its annual tournament on the score 3g pitch, giving their full support in this season, both Martin Ling and Alex Lawless attended, Alex helping to referee and
0: Martin presenting the medals. Yep, yeah, and on November the 2nd, David Mooney and Charlie Lee visited Aldersbrook School in Wanstead and faced questions from their school council, followed by two school assemblies. <laughs> the players also promoted the club's 50 50 scheme that the school will be utilising at next Saturday's game versus Dover. Lovely, and that same evening, Howard Gould
1: was happy to represent the club and attend the Football Business Awards along with Tom Taylor from Kick It. From Kick It Out, as we had been shortlisted for an award in the best fan engagement by a club category for the work done utilising the Fans for Diversity Hub during its inaugural season. Congratulations go to winners at Sunderland and runners up Man City and Spurs, but the O's were in fantastic company being there alongside other Hopefuls, Arsenal, Liverpool and Glasgow Rangers, a tremendous and proud achievement for our continuing community work. What a fantastic situation to be in when you're being compared to people with that level
0: of investment. Superb work. Premier League club, second biggest club in Scotland, arguably the biggest, and a massive championship club. Amazing work. Yeah. yeah. So last Thursday, club chaplain and ex-Orient legend Alan Comfort paid a home visit to 86-year-old supporter Harry, who unfortunately cannot attend games any longer due to the onset of Parkinson's. Harry's first games were in 1937 when his father took him to watch the O's in their new ground at Brisbane Road and was still going until this season. Great memories were shared, including those of Allan's playing days. Yeah, amazing. I saw the picture there
1: as well. Yeah. The walking footballers over 65s team held their first competitive match that morning and shared a six-goal thriller with their counterparts from Barnet, And a reminder that there are now sessions running on Mondays at 11.30am
0: at the White Chapel Sports Centre. To finish off the Trust update, you've got to have an exclusive, so we'll give you one. So, exclusive <laughs> booking details are soon to be announced for the Junior Supporters Christmas Party, which will be held on Sunday, the 17th of December. The event will include a free competition for Junior Rose to be a flag bearer or penalty taker at the game versus Bromley on December the 30th. So, mark that in the calendar, the Junior Supporters Christmas Party on Sunday, the 17th of December. If you've got any younglings, get down there. It's always a great time, have I all. Absolutely. Uh, just one announcement this week.
1: Uh, while relaxing on my sun lounger recently, Ooh. I was perusing Facebook, as you do, and came across a post uh, by a chap called Steve Ward. Uh, the post was a casting call for an independent film called Pie and Mash. And the reason it got my attention is because it's centred around three Orient fans, and it'll be dedicated to lifelong Orient fan Frankie Bush, Frankie Bish, who, as we all know... Um, can't read at the moment. Who, as we all know, passed away recently. Filming starts in January. And if you would like to be involved in, in this particular film, either message Steve on Facebook that's Steve Ward W A R D or email him Pi N Mash Movie at gmail.com. That's Pi N Mash Movie at gmail.com or well, would we'll be seeing your long awaited movie debut Dunno. in this movie I'd like to see that I'd like to see that I, doubt it, I'd I'd like it, I to think to it'd be filmed it. at the time when i will
0: be working so Possibly. what about you mate never say never <laughs> the podcast on the big screen anyway the fortnight that was then so Sunday the 29th of October the ladies team were in action and was 3-1 away to a strong Cardiff City side in the League Cup the goal scorer and player of the match uh, for the O's was Leia so well done uh, to Cardiff, we progress. I'm lucky to our ladies team, who are having a fantastic season, and you know. I guess the silver lining of being out of a cup is that you can concentrate on the league and have had a great start. So, yeah, not doing matter. really Continue. well. Absolutely. Monday, the thirtieth of
1: October. Very happy thirty-third birthday to David Mooney, Mooney. your
0: favourite player. Yeah, the first of many birthdays in this podcast. Yeah,
1: Real Madrid TV. Yes, you have heard right. We are mentioning Real Madrid <laughs> uh, in our Orient podcast. They put a t- out their TV program with a young chap called Sergio Cunningham. Sitting in the south in the south stand, talking about his late father Laurie Cunningham, and you've got the
0: translation yeah, of it. Yeah. So he was sitting in the south stand, and he said, "I've got a million emotions just being at a football pitch is moving, but at this stadium, it's especially so because it's where my father started out. If I close my eyes, I can see him running down that line and the change of pace he had. A lot of things come to mind, and I mean that took everyone by surprise. It was out of nowhere, really. The Real Madrid, the official Real Madrid Twitter account tweeting about late arriving. Yeah." And, attaching a clip of Laurie Cunningham's son in the South Stand so if you haven't seen that you can see that I think that's on Orient's Twitter feed and on Real Madrid's Twitter feed but well worth seeing for anyone who hasn't seen it out there
1: do not adjust your your volume or your settings (laughs) we have just mentioned Real Madrid and an Orient podcast so moving on then to Tuesday the 31st of October a late Norrient Orient 11 played away at Barnet and drew 0-0 the side lined up with Sam Sargent Judd, Clark, Pollock, Scales um, Ochang, Barker, Claydon Dolby, Harold and Karoma with substitutes of Camilo, Ta- Tayaka, uh, Perkins, Satoru and Stevenson. Yep, so nil 0 th- Yeah, those that need
0: game time, got game yeah, time. Especially at that point, there's players like Harold come back off an injury, mm. Judd starting to get fitness again, Dolby, mm. Karoma, good to see them get, get 90 minutes, so, you know, I think, I think yep. that works well for everyone. <laughs> so Wednesday, the 1st of November, Ross Embleton spoke to the local Guardian about the injuries list at the O's and said, the thing we have to be careful of now with the number of players we have out injured is that we do not rush the players back. We need them and want them in the team, but we have to be sensible because it is people's careers and their welfare. We have to make sure we manage the process properly to get them back to fitness. Matt Harold played, extended minutes in the development development game against Barnett I know he got on the pitch on Saturday but he still needs time we want Harold Alex Loyalist and Joe Wooderson who missed the game at the weekend back so good to see that good yeah. update there from Russ and speaking honestly and openly and saying look we can't rush, rush. players before yeah. they're fully fit because otherwise long term it's going to it's gonna damage them so good to see that exactly and I, th- I think that's sort
1: of also Relates to um, Josh Coulson. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe Josh should have listened to his body a little bit more and actually just rested another week or two, and then he wouldn't be in the position that he's in. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. Thursday, then the second of November, the club officially confirmed what we'd already tweeted about: in that Macaulay Bon has been called up to the Zimbabwe national team. Well,
0: Bo- yeah, absolutely there,
1: outstanding. Um, he's going to be playing in their games uh, versus Lesotho on the 8th of November and Namibia, which happened on the 11th of November, so yesterday as we record this. So congratulations and well done, McCauley. Great for him. However, it does mean that he will miss our live televised away match uh, to Ebsfleet. Fleet. So really, obviously, a fantastic opportunity for McCauley, recognition of his hard work, Obviously, a great loss for us, and I guess the question is who's going to replace him for that match? Will Harold be fit enough? Uh, would it work with him and Moon's up top, or maybe Satori get the nod? Yeah. I mean, this is obviously all written before before the game's actually played out, so yeah, we'll see
0: how that unravels. Yeah, we'll we so know how that unravels. Stay don't. tuned, and you will find out. You'll also find out if you don't know how McCauley Bond actually got on in his international debut in his first two games. So, Friday, 3rd of November. It's another moony Friday and not much to tell you about apart from the club announced that the home fixture versus Dale and Redbridge on Boxing Day has been moved to a one PM kickoff. So agree with both clubs. Makes sense obviously being a Van holiday Day and Boxing Day to get it earlier. So we'll mm-hmm. see you there at one PM on Boxing Day. Absolutely. Saturday, the 4th of November, then, was
1: Gillingham away in the FA Cup first round. Obviously, we overcame a replay against Dagenham in the fourth round qualifier. So the team that lined up um, for the FA Cup against Gillingham was Charlie Granger in goal, Jacob Caprice, Clark, Sendles White, Wooderson, Judd, uh, Westbrook, Bocco, Dayton, and Mooney and Bond started up top. Substitutes were Sam Sargent, Pollock, Lawless Clay, Dolby, Satoru and Harold. Yes, there were seven subs because that's what the FA Cup allows. Uh, Joe Whidderson and Alex Lawless returned to the squad, though Dan Happy and Joby McEnough miss out through injury. Mark Ellis
0: and James Brophy were not available for selection today as part of their loan agreements. Yeah, so a few exos in the Gillingham team. So uh, we all have Gabby Zakuani who was close to rejoining us at one point. I think it was about two years ago now. Seems like an awful long time ago. He dodged dodged the bullet there, didn't he? He sure did. Uh, Goalkeeper (coughs) Shoot Nelson, who wasn't named in the matchday squad. And two former loanies in Scott Wagstaff, who made seven appearances in 2012-13. And Luke O'Neill, who made eight appearances in 2014-15. Wow were listed as substitutes. Good memory, Mr Levy. So your views on the line up for Gillingham? Yeah, good to see Clark back in
1: the squad, although shame about Happy. Uh, as I think for me as good as a line up as what you can probably hope for
0: given yeah given the injuries yourself? Yeah agree. Stronger team than I expected. I thought you might have played a few more squad players, but good to see Steve taking the FA Cup very seriously. Um so yeah. Good, so obviously you were signing yourself away on holiday. I was here, but couldn't make the Gillingham game. And as we said in the last podcast, we want to speak to fans who go to these away games where we can't be and get them on the podcast. And we had uh, a nice offer from Pandemonium Editor uh, and an off-board member, Matt Roper, to come on and talk us through the Gillingham game. So even though it was uh, two weeks ago, it's still worth uh, playing this. And Matt spoke really well about the Gillingham game. So here is Matt Roper talking about Gillingham. Um, and hope you enjoy it So cheers for joining us again Matt on the Orient Outlook podcast so first of all to start with then your thoughts on the team yesterday?
2: Um, I think it was a, a pretty sort of natural sort of team to select bearing in mind you got broken Alex you know, it's Roxy Cup died um, you know that was pretty much the sort of same team he went with in, in the Danigan game mate. so yeah, you know, I, I don't think there was any real surprises in there and very in mind the, the sort of team selection and the You know, the the decent performance of from the week before. Um, I think he set up certainly not to draw the game. I think Steve Davis set up to win the game. Yeah, and I think that was pretty much the best time we could play out at that
0: point, yeah. Yeah, we'd agree with that. And the first 15, 20 minutes, uh,
2: what was the game like?
0: I think Jillingham were having the majority of the possession um, and coming forward at us. Yeah,
2: they were. They they were certainly quite good going forward. I mean, I I think most, obviously, almost all those fans when it got drawn out. They were in a, a, an awful run of form, very mm. much like us, and it was probably a game that was, yeah, it was a game that was reasonably winnable. But they've obviously picked up, and uh, although I would say sort of, you know, generally they were a, a good league one. So I they didn't look poor either. They were quite quick coming forward. They they liked to get the ball moving, moving through the sort of the middle third and the final third quite quickly. And obviously with the, the defensive errors that sort of keep plaguing us. You know, from from challenges in the defence and individual errors, it, it was causing us problems. I mean, there have been a few reports that said they dominated. wouldn't said they dominated the goal I think we had a problems containing them in and around the final third. But you know, it it, it wasn't like a sort of a, you know a, a, a battering first twenty five minutes where you where you really felt you know that this was going to be a pretty score. Yeah, and then they took the lead in the twentieth minute from a goal. I guess
0: we've seen all too often this season as an unmarked Josh Parker. Head past Granger to make it one nil. Talk us through the goal.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a cross, um, sort of wide, you know, wide, wide from the left, a bit further out in the box. And, and, and I think, like most Norwich uh, fans at first, I think you know we, we, we were sort of looking for an offside. Um, you know, I've had a little look on a couple of sort of social media accounts, and one gives no conclusive proof as to it was offside, and one does give us a slight suspicion of offside, but you know. Uh, you know, not forgiving that obviously not one or his defender has gone with him and there was there was actually two or three significant players that probably could have put the boy into the net so you know unfortunately poor old Charlie Granger, I think mean, comes in for some unwelcome stick was left exposed again and, and as you say you know it is, it is unfortunate that it's an all too common problem whether it happens to be as a unit or, or individual areas that, that again you know from a alright not from a set piece but from a wide area the balls into the box we've not even been able to challenge you.
0: Yeah, so we found ourselves a goal down And 21st minute almost in its response As a David Mooney shot goes out for, for a corner Was that our first real kind of It was Yeah I mean like I said they, they certainly were on
2: top um, you know, Whether or not you were actually agree They were dominate the game They certainly had the, you know, the, the major part of possession And were certainly putting us on the back foot And we hadn't really offered a great deal Going forward and that, that was
0: really Sort of our first sort of effort uh, uh, you know, up, up the right end of the pitch as it were yep and then in the 35th minute Charlie Granger was booked for bringing down List from a long ball lucky not to get a red card there <laughs> Um, I, I certainly don't
2: think I mean again you, you know, it's one of those I mean does, does he actually the, the, the contact it, even if there was contact I mean, it was quite in front of us when we were speaking if there was contact Steve which you couldn't even 100% it was. He was very, very minimal, and the guy was certainly have pushed the ball to the left and was going away for goal. So, um, as most, most fans know, but he being a referee, that you <laughs> know, certainly, um, yeah, you know, if he thinks there's contact there, this, then the yellow card was the, was, the, was, the, was the correct decision on that one, yes. Good good to hear. And then the rest of the half played out. Uh, did the first half get any better
0: for us, or was it more of a case of Jenningham coming to us and we just happy to kind of not concede see the second? Yeah, I think we sort of,
2: you know, we were, we're sort of desperate for half-time, but we were sort of trying to get through to half-time, as it were. I mean, they certainly didn't sort of, you know, kick on after the first goal, so it wasn't like we were under any greater pressure than we were in the first 20-25, and you would say the last sort of 10 or 15 and a half was, was actually quite there was, you know, there was a lot of, sort of, you know, balls in the midfield, no team really penetrating either one, and yeah, you know,
0: there wasn't much to write home about in the last sort of 10 minutes of the first half, really. Yeah, so at half-time, 1-0 down. Paul has written another half of football where it sounds like we're killing ourselves from the inside. Poor decision-making by players, putting others under necessary pressure and switching off on another set-piece. Let's hope the second half is better. So we'll come on to that. Attendance announced at 3,659 with 818 away fans. So another good away following, Matt? Another good turnout there? I, I, I think, actually, to be fair...
2: You know, bearing in mind our form and the amount of local games we've had and obviously then a, a couple of long trips. You know, and the FA Cup, unfortunately, I think is you know, it's like the League Cup the early rounds these days. It's, it's, you know, the, we talk about the magic of a cup, but crowds are with it, I'm afraid. You know, that that you know, that that that's definitely, you know, there's clear statistics on that. So although it's another local game and, and you know, for one of a better phrase, with a plucky non is going to a league side, take over eight hundred there, I think that's what uh, you know, not, not, the, not the great the weather Getting colder So you know, that, that away Was a good following on the day, I think, yeah. yeah
0: completely agree with that. So second half kicked off Alex Lawless came on to replace Michael Clark As we went to a 4-4-2 diamond With Lawless at the base And Bocco playing just off Mooney and Bon and In the 52nd minute we got a tweet from George Sessions Who said better already from Orion As Bon lets fly from outside the area And off the pitch an O's fan is being dragged out Fellow Orient fans not happy uh, Can you tell us what happened with that one?
2: Yeah, well, uh, the, the football side of it, I mean, we came out and we, we, we made this up with Norris, so who had, had a very good 45, um, but the whole dynamic of the team seemed to change. Now, whether or not, Steve, it was a, you know, a half-time rollicking or a half-time positive team talk or a, or a little bit of open Steve, but we came out looking at you know, a completely different side. And, and, you know, sitting with the, the guys that were sitting with me that didn't come to Wrexham, it was a very, very much like a second half of what was a Wrexham, but, but a lot, a lot better. We were very, very positive going forward. We, you know, players wanted to get on the ball. The movement on, on and off the ball was excellent. You know, we really, really did start to peg Gillingham back. Uh, and as I've said to a few people, you know, the way that it was they sort of talked about that Gillingham put us under pressure in the first half, well, we certainly put Gillingham under under pressure in the second half, and more, certainly more than they did. And, and the football was probably... I would say that was some of the best football I've seen from all this season for the first 15 20 minutes. And do you think that was mainly um, down to the formation changes? Do you think Steve Davis
0: has to take the credit there for, for yeah, changing that up?
2: I think, I think it obviously made it a little bit more you know, attacking, although you sort of knock over weak backs and it maybe sort of put us on the front foot, maybe going maybe more through the middle. But I think it was, you know, I think as much as it was that, it was a case that 11 players, Steve, from their seats up, and really, really got stuck into the game. and, and, and you know, sort of, you know, grew a footage and, and you know, they really, really did. You know, sort of, they started mixing balls up down the channels, two balls through the middle. The passes play were very, very good. You know, we were starting with first and second balls, so everything that you would look for as a as a coach or manager or a tactician or scout, you know, we, we were doing it. Great here in the 61st minute, almost
0: a Mooney special. So he controlled the ball in his chest and put a volley, uh, and put a volley in, which was well saved by Holy in goal. It was, it was, a, it was an absolutely fantastic strike and
2: you know, as we were all sitting there I think it I think we've been told their keeper sort of six foot seven or six foot nine. If you've got a six foot one goalkeeper now, it, it hits the top corner. Uh, you know, I mean Moody could have done no more from where he was and, and, and it was it was almost a throwback, you know, to to, to a Moody in two thousand and fourteen. It was, you know, a, a fantastic strike and, and unfortunately he just good enough on that
0: occasion. And we kept the pressure on. Sendles White had a header from the following corner, which was palmed away. And then, the 65th minute, Westbrook had a shot tipped over. So it sounds like we were maintaining the pressure, and like you said, putting a good lead one side under pressure and looking for that equaliser. Yeah, we were. And, and
2: like I say, you know, we maintained the sort of positive approach to, to our play. Um, you know, we, we were putting balls into channels. We were starting to get crosses into the box. And we, well, as we were really forcing them back in, in, into their sort of defensive third, into a shell. And it was, you know, we started to be a little bit more brave in and around the box, getting crosses in, getting a few shots in, which I don't think we've certainly done off anywhere near enough, obviously, every week weeks. And, you know, it really did look like one of those games where, um, you know, this was just this was a goal coming. And I think there were quite a few of us sort of saying in and around where I was sitting, this is the sort of game, to you get one goal here, you may well go in and win this as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 69th minute, Matt Harold came on for Ronnie and he did say there was another goal coming, but unfortunately it didn't go our way. As in the 74th minute, against the run of play, it sounds like, Gillingham made it 2 0 as Tommy's held off Sendles White, we'll and we'll come and talk a bit more about that goal, and made it 2 0 as he finished past Granger. So, obviously, uh, uh, probably the talking point of the match for you. Should that goal have
2: been given? Uh, no way, Steve. I mean, there's, there's a big long punt downfield, and and, and, and you know, Harold coming on I don't think was the catalyst for us dropping off a bit I think it was probably the right change of personnel at the time because Dayton was playing quite well Zane, uh, Zane uh, Westbrook was playing quite well so I think I think the one you know to take off to try and an extra striker on was Bocco was yeah. but we seemed to sort of just drop our intensity a bit well, I don't think that was the start I think it was just the case that you know for a good 25-30 minutes we've been very heavily at it I think obviously most Orient fans expected that you probably couldn't keep this up a 45 but this was a big long punt downfield um, I think most Orient fans would have seen it on social media now there appears to be very very little sort of contact between the two players for 20 maybe 25 yards they basically keeping pace with each other there seems to be obviously as the ball starts to stop up around the edge of our area a, you know contact between the two players which of course you're going to get in professional football but I think it's you know, and as we saw in the game, I think it is so damn obvious that, uh, you know, Eve, although Sendles White may be well leading into it, which obviously he's perfectly entitled to do, Sendles, uh, you know, Sendles White is literally almost grabbed by the shirt or throat by head mm. and, and sort of slammed to the floor in, in, in what could be only be, you know, sort of described as a wrestling move. And what, what concerns me and, and many other fans at the time is, the referee had his arms weighed down in front of him to play an advantage. So, you know, from, from me being a referee, Steve, what he's saying is, is that he believes Sendles White has committed an infringement and, and that obviously he can, can play with an advantage. Well, even if he believes Sendles White has committed an infringement, as we all know, two wrongs don't make a right. He can't throw one other player to the ground and be allowed to continue. You have to put it back. and give a free kick there.
0: Yeah, absolute madness and your views correspond with you know, a majority of the Orient views as well saying Sendles White was fouled and shouldn't have stood and really disappointing to see a, another poor ref really this season because we've seen quite a few of them this season so moving on, four minutes later we did grab a lifeline, Those James Dayton had a free kick just set aside the area, put it into the box no one touched it and it found its way into the bottom corner and we were back in it so good to see Dayton get his first goal for Orient and, and well deserved by the sounds of the second half
2: it, it was, yeah, I mean it was so disappointing to go 2-0 down because it was nothing that we deserved in the second half and I think got sort of, most of those fans, whether at the game or at home or, you know, listening in or looking at Twitter, probably thought of 2-0, well, you know, that's it and then we, you know, we go and get a lifeline through, um, I mean, I you one of those ones you can say it's a great goal or a poor goal, I mean, I think you find this way for a half, 15 bodies in the box. you know, if you have a look, but, you know, a goal's a goal and, you know, there's nothing more than we, you know, we deserve for the effort and input
0: yeah, you after know, that point the no, yeah. Absolutely, and so going into the last ten minutes and start to put pressure back on. Eighty sixth minute Joe Wooderson gets picked booked for uh, for an incident in the uh, in the game. And in the eighty seventh minute, Steve Davis throwing caution to the win by p- putting on Russell Satoru in place of Westbrook and doing a fourth change in tactics there. And do you want to talk us through like the last five, ten minutes of the game then?
2: again it went into a lull period where obviously Schilling were happy to sort of keep the ball up up and out sort of defensive third and we didn't see much of the ball for two or three minutes there was some you know there was some uh, fouls from both sides that were fouls there was some free kicks given and bookings being flashed around and it was a classic case thing that the referee lost control of a game that you know there was, there was very little in the game you know and, 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 and all of I a sudden mean, you had a flash point sort of over by the halfway line, where I and I know a few others did witnessed uh, Miles Jubb being kicked by, I believe it was the Gillingham number 10, and they were both booked. Yet you've got a linesman standing five yards away, a referee standing eight yards away, and from what I saw, my view was Miles Jubb got a clear kick, which is violent conduct. And the referee seemed to sort of, you know, completely lose the plot, um, you know, in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes and, 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 and turn. You know, what was actually a decent game, to be fair to both sides, it was a decent cut side, it was quite exciting, obviously, for the are in fans of the second half, But you know, unfortunately, we're left sort of, you know, although, we, you know, we'll talk about general possibly, and that it was a defensive mistake for the first, and we've gone out the cup, but again, you're talking about, you know, the football for the wrong reasons, In you know, that the referee has gone to support the game, and, and, and possibly lost us a, you know, a stab at perhaps,
0: perhaps a replay, or even the second round. Yeah, to finish off with the referee, he ends up sending Joe Wooderson off for a second bookable offence in the ninety-second minute. Um, did you think that was all right, call or do you think the referees had another shocker there? I, I, I really think. I
2: mean, I've seen that again today, and uh, and that there's you know there's a minimal of a, you know contact. I mean, you know, it, I mean the guys. You know, to me there, you, you, you've got to look at you know other professional reactions, and, and the guy doesn't die, he doesn't not sort of break. Arms, I think he is when the referee's blowing and as a Silicon guy uh, I think he's just turning around ready to sort of get back up the field and it you know it really really was again although at that point probably doesn't change the game going now. the 10 minutes another decision that he left scratching head thinking you know what, I mean what was that for you know I mean and, and of course the lining out of the fact that okay if he missed it but you've just had a player not five minutes ago you know kick out of one of the Orient players and has, has received the yellow card I presume it was only unsported behaviour, even because the referee life and haven't seen it. they you know, they've got all the decision. And again, you let scratch scratching your head thinking. You know what, what, what's going on here? You know, it's farcical,
0: really. Yeah, sounds it sounds. It. So that was the last action of the game. There's a full-time whistle followed shortly after, as we lost two-one and were out of the FA Cup in the first round. So Matt, even though we're out, a few things, a few positives to take out of that performance. I think there are Steve.
2: I mean, I, you know, I've looked around social media, and obviously people are, you know, talking about. It. Again, and that, that that is something that we know is you know happening you know all too often, as we said, and and that's disappointing. Could be a suspicion of offside on that, so you know again it could well be. That actually, the two goals to Cheltingham on the day of, you know should have not counted, but I think there was enough there, and I know we're on a bad run of form, and I know you know everyone's certainly that he is another defeat and okay, and some up mirroring it up or balancing up, with that is the lead one side. But I think what you what you've got to take, Mr. Steve, is that. If you can perform as we did in the second half yesterday, uh, for 60-70 minutes in, in, you know, several, not every game, but several games in the National League, then you will win football games at National League level. There's no there's no doubt about it, because, you know, I mean, Chillingham, well, you know, wherever they're going to finish in League One, um, you know, uh, at the moment their current reform form looks like they're going to stay in League One. We've given the League One side a hell of a lot to think about over... 30, 45 minutes by being very, very positive and getting forward. And after the Wrexham game, where I thought, again, we were, you know, quite positive, and that's something that I've been looking for, you know, in recent weeks, that we haven't been confident on the ball, and we haven't been driving forward, and we haven't been passionate enough, and winning enough first and second balls. I I think, you know, just just for once, I know it's frustrating for those fans, but my call here would be, look, you know, we got into the first round, which I think was important. It's tough to take. We're out. We've got a bad, you know, lead position. But I think there was enough to take there that, you know, come on, give you guys a break a little bit this week. Let's get behind the next week and let's do what we can do
1: now. So that was um Pandemonium uh, fanzine editor, a uh, friend of ours, Matt Roper, who gave a really, really comprehensive overview um an insight into that game. And some really, really good points that he's made there. I'm I think that many were shared by by all of us on, uh, or many of us on on social media. So Matt, thank you very much indeed for that. Um, Steve Davis said after uh, that match, he said, I thought it was a brilliant second half and we were much the better team in the second half. We took the game to them and changed our shape a little bit at half-time. They obviously edged the first half. Although there were not a massive amount of chances created, we didn't really create anything or get up the pitch or ask another... Uh, other questions, but right from the first whistle of the second half, we did that. We played some terrific football, created some opportunities, and the goalkeeper kept them in the game.
0: Yeah, so good, good quote there from Steve. So, your mm. views on the uh, Gillingham away match in the FA Cup, then?
1: Yeah, so really another poor first half, but sounded like a much better second half, as has already been uh, suggested. And uh, we went for as we went 4 4 2. Several tactical changes made during the game, we sounded Better in the 4-4-2, so I'm not really quite sure why Steve uh, then changed it. We keep saying how frustrating it is to support. We keep saying how frustrating it is to support this team, and when it feels like some are not doing their best, the ref had a shocker, and he allowed play to go on when he's wrestled Jamie Sendles White. Well, I think Matt was absolutely right. That is more of a wrestling move that you yeah. would see uh, in the WWE. Um, he put Jay, uh, Jamie Sendles White on the ground before scoring their second. Um, how he was allowed to get away with that I do not know and looking at Twitter on Saturday night uh, I don't think I'm in a minority there could go on a massive rant here but have to remember they are a league one club uh, you know we have to know how place that we are sort of non-league and it is the FA Cup
0: and it allows us now no further distraction really yeah good point for Yours? me a typical Warrior performance of the season really not really in it go behind then we have a better spell but uh don't score. I think i another goal that's probably a familiar story to yesterday. Cookie cutter, isn't it? It's a yeah. like carbon
1: cutter of every game, isn't it?
0: Absolutely is. The first half sounded bad. <coughs> the only positive being we were only a goal down so still in it. Um, but as yet, again, we conceded a poor goal. Second half sounded brilliant. So well done to Stephen Ross for saying the right things at half time and changing it up. So hopefully there are positives to take into the Ebbs fleet game next week. Good yeah. to see Westbrook start and see how we'll get more game time, and again, another brilliant away following. So obviously we write those uh, views down At the straight time. after the match, uh, and hindsight is a wonderful thing. So mm-hmm. moving on to your views, so again, a disclaimer, so just because we read them, doesn't mean we agree with them, but there's always, you know, great kudos in reading as many uh, tweets as we can, because it builds talking points, and gets as much engagement as possible. So a few from the Jenningham match, from us, from Atman Spagna, who said two words, poor defending, when will we stop hearing this?
1: Yeah, Kid Samson O tweeted in saying enjoying the formation enjoyed changing the formation when we were on top. Can't defend the game, four players out of position the game, lost the game, consistent. Hashtag Davis out.
0: Yeah, at Blister LOFC. said if Boron Wood can beat Blackpool, then why can't we beat Gillingham? Another disgraceful performance from a team which has no leadership at all. I think leadership is uh, something that keeps cropping its a head. Buzzword, that isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um Wrecker Blue App said Good second half. Lawless made a big difference today when he came on. Sendles White isn't good enough, and while the ref was poor, he isn't the reason why we lost. Yeah, at Later
0: Girl 12, said, thought we played well in the second half and deserved something out of that game, but slagging off the manager and certain players is not good.
1: Rob Coldwell 154 said, Davis's post match comments sound like someone clinging on to his job, looking for positives and blaming everyone else. Time up, me thinks. Yeah, and the
0: final word from Gillingham is from Josh 34486, who said, Davis has taken a lot of criticism in recent weeks. However, his change of formation at halftime was superb and got us back in it. So we got a lot yeah. more tweets on the back of the Gilligan match. But we've only put a few in because we've got a lot more to come following the Fleet match. So yeah. prediction league update. Only one correct prediction for that match. So well done to At Lawton Gamps who got the score correct. And a full prediction league t- table update will follow uh, later on in the episode.
1: Yeah. Then at quarter past eight or around quarter past eight in the evening... Barnsley announced that they've signed Xo Victor Adibayeo on a three-year deal, and I believe he goes into their one of their academy teams. the under twenty-three, yeah, I believe. He, goes he scored
0: two goals from him last week. Yeah, on, oh, yeah, on his really? debut. Yeah, so really? now you've got Adibayeo at Barnsley, Abraham's at Norwich, Ozarte at Brighton. It's yeah. going to be a few of those boys to watch in a couple of years' time. Hundred
1: percent. Yeah, um, and I don't know what compo we get from Barnsley for that. No, with no idea. Any. I
0: think there is something I think George Session said that we are entitled to something, but I don't okay. know how much that will be. So Sunday, the fifth of November, there is another fine result for the Orient women's team, who beat Denham United two nil with goals from Bell and Ripoll, Safely March. And Steve, get those two in your starting lineup, mate. These two <laughs> crop up on the podcast <laughs> every week. Also the latest development team were in action and they won three nil in the first round of the John Greenacre Memorial Trophy. So a great day all round for the ladies on a very cold fireworks, even absolutely, so moving on then
1: to last week now, Monday, the sixth of November, George elacoby tweeted a video of himself doing some fitness work and says, making progress G three is almost back. Keep pumping the arm them arms hashtag chop can 't wait till we get George elacoby
0: back, I mean, yeah, everyone else who listens to the podcast pretty much
1: yeah, but as long as he's not rush as long as he doesn't rush himself back into the side. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's got to be a hundred percent. There's no point coming back unless you're a hundred percent. Yep, we hope so. Because otherwise, you break down again.
0: We hope so. Yeah, so, yeah. We're looking forward to having him back in the team. So Tuesday, seventh of November, around three p.m., the club released the following statement on the EFL as follows: it "Said following discussions with the EFL, Lane Orient Football Club can confirm that a number of outstanding regulatory and disciplinary matters relating to the previous ownership of the club." have been brought to a mutually acceptable conclusion. So there was lots more in the statement with, I think, the quote Nigel from Travis. Nigel Travis that we won't go into. But again, that's available on the website. But good to put a line underneath that. and Yeah. Good to know that we won't mention the previous regime hopefully ever again on the podcast.
1: Interesting to know what regulatory and disciplinary matters that that actually relates to and what the mutually acceptable conclusion actually is. Yeah. I obviously, as a fan, would like to know more about that. Whether we will get that information or not, I don't know. Who but knows? Loft responded to this by putting out a statement, part of which read The Loft board is, of course, pleased to note that the shadow of potential disciplinary matters hanging over Leighton Orient has lifted. And, of course, we agree with the sentiment expressed by O's chairman Nigel Travis in the club statement on the importance of the way the EFL oversees club owners. But that does not mean that the EFL can hide behind a limited consultation with only its members club, member clubs as a way of avoiding the light currently being shone on football's governing authorities regarding the club regulation.
0: Yet they went on to say the welcome change of ownership at the club means that all Orient fans can look to hopefully a brighter future. But that future for Loft includes being part of the growing call for real change in how football as a whole is regulated. By definition, that includes how EFL clubs are regulated because no football fan should ever go through what Orient fans have experienced. So yeah. that statement is much bigger. The rest of it's on the Loft website. So if you get the time and you're interested in what Loft has to say, go on the website and have a look. But it's worth reading that out on behalf of you know, getting across Lough's message in terms of they are still working against the EFL for the greater good of football.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Loft went on to say and make comments about the fact that they were waiting for the EFL to come back to them, and they didn't, it's, and, and then I read something else, Grimsby were complaining about how some of their female fans were treated at Stevenage, but yet they put out a statement through the Guardian paper before they came back to the Trust, and yeah, th- there's, there's just there's a, a real, real... <coughs> um Unhelpful way that the FL deal with 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 problems. So, Loft, uh, well done to you guys for all the work and efforts that you've put into that. So, thank you very much. Uh, as a member, um, Freddie Moncur has his loan spell extended at Bishop Stortford until Saturday, the second of December. So, good luck to Freddie.
0: Yep. And then in the evening, the ladies' team were back in action, away to Harrogate Women's FC, and produced another excellent performance as they won eight. yeah do not adjust your sets that is 8-0 and and 8-0 win for the O's with goals from Danielle Griffiths Eagle Trezzy Fran with two goals for Sarks and a hat-trick from that woman again Sophie Limarchin Steve Davis if you do listen to this podcast and you might not want to listen to it this week but if you do (laughs) get her call her up
1: yeah, absolutely. Wednesday the eighth of November, the under eighteens were in action in the first round of the FA Youth Cup at home to Biggles Wade at Brisbane Road, and we're delighted to say that we were the 5 0 victors, thanks to a double for Sam Dolby and Eric Lopez, with a goal also from Hector Kipriano. So well done to the young O's. Yeah, as
0: they go marching on, I think the second round draw has already taken place, and I think if they get round through to the second if they get through to the third round, they'll then face West Bromwich Albion away in the third round, so that will be at the Hawthorne, so maybe another Ooh. midweek trip over to the middle of yeah, the eighteens again. Okay. Also on Wednesday, McCauley Bond made his international debut for Zimbabwe. She started in a one of defeat away to the SoFo. So good to see another international player at the audience. So well done to Macaulay and Zimbabwe now are our second national team. So as well as yeah. the Free Lions. I don't know what Zimbabwe mm-hmm. yet are but Warriors, I think. This is why way I, think, warriors, I so think they're Warriors. How yeah. on the Warriors. Up the Warriors. He played all
1: 90 minutes of that Yeah, well, well done. Well done with So, Jordan. good. Thursday, the 9th of November, seems a good day to be born, as we say. A very happy birthday, uh, 19th birthday, sorry, to Josh Karoma. Now, I went on Wikipedia and it said the 8th, <laughs> so we went with that and we tweeted on the 8th, but his mum very kindly put us right that he was actually born and who's going to know more than her, than, than, her than, than anyone in the world is going to be her. Mate, um, that's amazing.
0: Josh Caroma's mum. Me- message you on Facebook I presume yeah on, on the thread on Facebook yeah she's like it's brilliant. tomorrow
1: I'm like because I didn't know who she was because I didn't yeah, yeah, look yeah. it's just a lady had replied saying it's tomorrow I'm like no no Wiki says it's today Wiki and she's like way, yeah. she's like, no 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 I gave birth to him tomorrow I'm like oh brilliant so um, that was great so thank you very much um, Josh's mum Josh's mum, yeah, i was trying to think of the name, but I can't think of it off the top of my head now. And happy 36th birthday to winger Joby Mackinac Yeah, but
0: all of these pounding in significance <laughs> to the next one. Happy birthday to the one and only bearded lessons <laughs> himself. Thank you very much. Mr Paul Levy, 38 you. years. You. young. Yeah. hope you had a good one, mate. So Thank you, mate. Friday, 10th of November, Matt Porter spoke to the BBC about the count situation on the pitch at the O's and says, Steve is not stupid and he knows that 10 games without a win in the league is not good enough. It is a situation that isn't one we envisaged being in and one we hope we are not in for much longer we certainly thought we'd be in contention for the playoffs there's no point denying that Steve knows we need to be a little bit higher up the table he's working as hard as he can to make that happen for me that's quite interesting because I've never heard Travis Teague or Porter say we think we should be in or around the playoffs they've always kind of downplayed it a bit and now they're starting to have higher expectations so quite interesting there to see what Matt Porter had to say but I guess he feels like most of us feel we should be higher up the table and you know, No win in 10 at that point. Completely unacceptable for where we are and what league we're in with the players and the squad we have. Yes, but on and Matt
1: says a lot of other things. Yeah. When, when Matt speaks, he speaks sensibly. Always speaks well and that interview does. is available on the BBC. BBC London Sport, yeah. go on their Twitter yeah. account and it'll be on there somewhere. So, Saturday the 11th of November, Remembrance Day. A double celebration as Jake... November seems to be quite a popular time to, to, oh, yeah. to be giving birth February's obviously Mate, the month yeah, hence the emoticom um, of the episode with the birthday case. Yeah, Jake Caprice turned 25 and Henry Ochang turned 19 so very happy birthday to you two
0: yeah well done to the under eighteen who beat Barnett 3-1 in the morning with goals from Sam Dorby. Raw and Toby Stevenson. Good yep. to see Sam Dolby now cropping up again. He went for a yeah. spot, not cropping up. Yeah, and Obviously went on at Palace, which didn't work out. But now back in the under-18s. And, and raw, lots keep, of goals keep being mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So we were in action on BT Sport yet again. It's the fourth
1: month on the trot that we've been uh, involved. Uh, kickoff off uh, was at 5.30 Mate,
0: away to Ebbsfleet. There is no December late-night game on BT Sport. Oh, the they announced their schedule, beautiful. not on it.
1: Okay, good. Fine, lovely. Well, Team lined up like yesterday that, yeah. with, with, with Granger <laughs> in goal. Um, Caprice, Ellis, Sendles, White, uh, Happy and Brophy with Lawless, Westbrook and Dayton in the middle and Mooney and Harold up top. Subs with Sand Sargent, Judd, Clay, MacAnuff and Bocco.
0: Yep, so five changes there for Orient. So Clark is replaced by Ellis and isn't even on the bench. Brophy comes in for Wooderson at the left back who is serving a on one game suspension for two yellows he received last week. Happy comes in and Judd drops to the bench. Lawless starts out of Boko and Harold comes in for Bon, who is away on international duty. So your thoughts on the fleet team? Yeah, I mean,
1: it pretty much picks itself now, really, doesn't it? Barring maybe um, maybe Boko in for one other. But yeah, I think it, it's it's a pretty self-selecting team at the moment. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. Well, I, I thought Judd might start a left-back uh, as opposed to Brophy. Obviously, Brophy <coughs> can play there, but it's more of a left-winger. So, yeah. interested to see uh, Brophy play there. Uh, and, although, surprised, no doorway or you on the bench because there's no other forwards on the bench. Yeah. So, he left himself a bit exposed in the attack, really. No plan B even in terms Caroma. of attack. Yeah, none of them. So, As an attacker. Interesting, but, yeah. interesting
1: that... Um, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. It doesn't
0: matter. Let's move on. The joys of a live podcast. <coughs> so, at uh, Scully, eighteen uh, eighty-one, tweeted us up when the team was announced and said, "Another lineup that I look mm. at and think it should be easy enough to do the job." The kickoff will happen, and we usually all know what happens next. Yeah,
1: I just remember what I was going to say now because playing on left, playing at left back or right back is a different job and different responsibilities and positioning compared to playing on left wing. Of
0: course
1: it is. So, ideally, you you should play. For me, you should be playing Judd at left back. If you're not playing him at right back, he should be playing at left back because he knows the responsibilities and the position in that. Whereas Brophy is like you've quite rightly pointed out a left winger and not a left back. Yeah. So it it raises weaknesses in the team without without that necessarily being necessary. Without that being necessary, absolutely. So So a
0: minute silence was impeccably observed before the match kicked off. Uh, In the fifth minute, Lawless got booked, but it wasn't long until the first goal action of the match happened.
1: Absolutely. It took the lead, yeah. An easy tapping at the far far post for jury after Lawless left his man who put the ball across goal and neither Granger or Ellis dealt with it. Now, apparently there was a deflection when that ball went in. I didn't actually see it. Even on the replay, to me, it still isn't clear. But, again, a shocking goal to concede. It right. should have been dealt with. And Ellis could, shouldn't have let it go past him. And a
0: goal down after seven minutes. It's just, again, we're so.
1: just making life difficult for ourselves. Poor not, start. You know, if they're going to sit back for another 83 minutes... It's going to be a really long, boring game, but they'll win it. They win it one. even if they win it 1 0.
0: Worst possible start for the OZ. 100%. 12th minute, we went close, decent cross from Birthday Boy Caprice, met by Harold, his effort hits the post, comes out, and it was scrambled, clears, Dayton came flying in. So yeah. unlucky not to be in it. And we've spoken about yeah. this before. Like sometimes the luck isn't going against us in terms of poor defending, or either we hit a post, or it goes wide, or it gets cleared off the line, and blah, blah, la dee da, yeah. but frustrating and I was like oh go on that's got to go in I'm
1: sitting there like go, go yeah, on yeah. and it just, it just doesn't go in for us but then just two minutes later we were let off as fleet counter counterattack from a Harold mistake he turned over possession Weston was I mean so Miles like Western, Weston anybody like, who knows yeah. their lower league football knows Miles Weston he's not a bad player at all he beat Happy quite easily and I think Happy got caught a bit flat-footed there uh, crossed, uh, crossed in um, the cross it was a bit over hit and it, it, it misses everybody thankfully but it was a good run and, and it was dangerous
0: so poor defending yet again from a cross uh, 18th minute a great cross this time from us as Ellis his cross was met by Harold, Harold who's brilliant header was saying well by Ashmore and goes out for a caller. so yeah again, that was heading just well. above him and he's just jumped and sort of
1: palmed it over it, it was a good header Matt Harold has done extremely well
0: there yeah I think you made a point at that point saying
1: yeah, since we've conceded, we've looked the better side. And other than a couple of miles' uh, western <coughs> efforts, we we generally have been more possession, better football, yeah. more calm.
0: and that Tom p 1984, Agreed agree with you as he tweeted in to us around the same time, saying, 18 minutes in and we look settled on the better side, but already chasing the game due to early errors yet again. Bottoms, on, on tweet. Great tweet there, yeah.
1: 21 minutes uh, on the clock. Then Brophy did well driving into the box, but his cross... He's just behind by ha- uh, headed just behind by Harold. And really, there's nothing really much to report until the 41st
0: yeah, minute. Yeah, and the 41st minute, hard task becomes even harder as Ebschek made it 2-0 to double their lead. As Kenwell beats Happy uh, from a decent Western cross, and it was 2-0. Ellis should have tried harder to stop the cross. I've seen a lot of criticism, actually, for Ellis, saying he... Didn't really make much effort to stop the cross from coming no, in. Like, no effort at like all. Just tracking, not doing much. Yeah. Um, didn't put their men under any pressure at all. Poor defending. And for me, how many times? You know, how many times can we sit here with the same goal? Poor defending. Didn't stop the cross, and another goal conceded. So they're eleven carbon copy games. Really poor, and apparently, like I've not seen any action. But Son white. quite clearly gives happy a bit of a talking to after. Like points the finger. Singles them out, so not good to see that amongst your three central defenders. Like a bit of yeah, there's nothing wrong with having someone going, look, you should guiding
1: you through and actually getting it sorted out on the pitch that it doesn't happen again. But there is a way and a means to do that. Absolutely. So the kids the guy's only seventeen. So help him, don't berate him. So two-nil down
0: after having a pretty much of the possession in the first half, really disappointing. So three minutes stoppage time played in the forty-six minute. Moody tried to lob Ashton following a long kick from Granger. But actually got back quick enough and the half-time also goes and we found ourselves with a mountain to climb at 2-0 down. So your views on the first half?
1: Yeah, but again, as you've just said, like two carbon copy goals of, of goals that we've conceded in the past already. Really, really annoying and really frustrating that players are switching off and, and there's a lot of criticism. Uh, I saw our timeline flashing up with Davis out. Davis out has got to go after the first goal in seven minutes, which I thought was a little bit silly, but... Um, you know, the players are letting themselves and each other down. They're making it harder and we're not getting forward enough. Yeah. And when we are um, creating chances, we're not putting them away. You know, that that, that ball comes and two millimetres to the left, Harold's header, and it doesn't hit the post and come out. It hits the post and go yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just really fractions and inches yeah. what we're talking about here. But when when it, when it's not meant to be for you, it really isn't. And, and to go in... You know, if we'd have just held off that second goal, you go in at half-time and have a different team to one nil down than you do 2
0: nil down. Yeah, so we've got loads and loads Ridiculous. of views in at half-time, uh, which is great for us. Well, I mentioned a few, so from Wadsey, firstly. Should anyone told Enix he's playing for your wayside? How many more times can he pass to an absolute player? That
1: is an extremely good point. E- literally every pass he made went to an
0: absolute player. Yeah, I said a few tweets. One said, you know as his mask got on, he eyes, eyes and he eyes the eye cut I, which out which I thought was that was good.
1: fantastic Soph underscore Rosie underscore TFB said how are we losing 2-0 to this rubbish team we've played alright but defence is shocking how many more goals and defeats do we have to suffer before Davis goes so those are all tweets
0: at Orient Outlook and don't forget you can tweet us or email us at any time during a match it doesn't have to be at the full time whistle yep. it can be any time from the first whistle to the last so the attendance was announced at 2021 away attendance not announced, but possibly around 500 plus. You reckon? Right?
1: Yeah, it was only about. Yeah, they only mentioned the total attendance. Now yeah. we made a change immediately. Half time, Boko replaced Happy, and I'm not sure if we went to a diamond or a four four two formation with 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 Bocco playing uh, maybe behind. Well, four four two wouldn't be, but behind the front two, weren't exactly sure what we yeah. were playing. There may be a bit of a diamond, but um, yeah, we started off nothing really much going on in the first sort of nine minutes. But then in the 54th minute, a decent run down the right wing by Jake Caprice. He put in a decent cross to be fair, but Bocco uh, sort of lunged
0: with his head like sort of salmon leaped it and, 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 and left like it. Like a salmon. Yeah. Did, did a coxie, but it didn't go in. <laughs> 55th minute, troubling cross comes into the O's box, but Granger does well to push the ball out of danger. Yeah, he did well there. 64th minute, late it make a substitution as Joby Mackenough
1: is introduced replacing Alex Lawless, so you didn't which agree with this one, no? for me is a bit of a mistake really, because although on, in hindsight, obviously Lawless has just come back from an injury, so he's probably being game managed, but for me I'd have probably taken Westbrook off, let Lawless yeah. sit deep and allow everybody else to, to sort of push on and, and, and sort Fair of look point. to get that
0: goal. Go for it, you know? Okay, sixty-seven losing 2-0, yeah. you know? A off in the 67th minute then? Yeah. Weston beats Brophy. Sounds like Weston was really influenced. Yeah, he was... Um, an easily... You beat he's, he beat Brophy easily. Beats Brophy easily, ten on target, but Granger got down to save. well. So why don't Charlie Granger? I think gets a lot of criticism still, but I think he's been doing alright this season.
1: I agree, yeah. I do agree. 69th I minute, mean, Orient deserved the penalty for me as their man Magri stopped Harold from jumping. So Magri is just looking at Harold, then he turns his back as Harold goes up. Yeah, yeah. He's then sort of hunched over, so then Harold ends up going over him, makes no attempt to play the ball, makes Every attempt and every effort to get block Harold and, and the man, yeah. So that, for me, is an obstruction. I don't often agree with much of what Adam Virgo says on BT Sport, <laughs> but he called it as well. Oh, and okay. I also think that the West Ham player... Oh, Antonio. Uh, and Mikael Antonio also said that. Okay. Um, not so, that they are authorities on it, but, yeah.
0: you know. Okay, mate, 73rd minute. Ellis makes an outstanding tackle to deny Ebbsfleet a goal-scoring chance and So the 79th minute. Probably the
1: only good thing he did all game, to be fair. Uh,
0: fair enough. 79th minute. Caprice replaced uh, is replaced by a judge. So, I think, again, yeah, you won't know a it's up.
1: It's a like for like. Uh, we're losing 2-0. Jake Caprice has got the pace to get down the wings. Why... Why are yeah. we not Maybe keeping him I, d- I don't understand. Is yeah. he injured? What, I'd love to know what the thinking is, be- really thinking is why, why he did that.
0: At Bradley Aker's 95, agrees with you. He says, Losing 2-0 down, what does Davis do? He takes off the only player who's been trying and replaces him with a defender. Really positive change there, Davis, mate. Is what he said <laughs> with a few smiley uh, looking up and moving gone. Yeah. So, good to see uh, people agree with you there. 85th minute. Mooney has a shot on target uh, which is turned behind by Bocco. Yeah, so the shot is on the target
1: and I a think Boko tries to put it in a different part of the goal and ends up putting it behind.
0: Yep, and then the highlight of the game for us and the Orient fans, 87th minute.
1: We had to wait 87 minutes
0: for it. Yep, yep. so Harold found data in his effort... Uh, decent effort. Found the uh, yeah.
1: So he shoots into the right-hand side of the goal. Hits the side netting. Obviously on the inside of the goal oh, yeah, is what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, by yeah. by when I've written that. Really good goal. I mean he's looked up and he's just po put it in Dude. the side in the side corner there. Uh, really good goal. And you think actually you know what? There's what three minutes here. Maybe three or four minutes injury time. We might actually be able to nick a draw potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then three minutes are added as I say. And in the ninety-first minute, Dave Mooney's effort. He shoots it. He gets it on his left foot, and he sort of just sort of par almost passes it to their goalkeeper. When actually oh, right. you need to be shooting it up it. into the top. Yeah, lays for it up into the goal. And that was really the you know the the the, the moment that we could have actually equalised yeah. and come home with a point. And I think we'd have deserved the point. Yeah, it wasn't to be. be Full time no.
0: whistle follows as the O's are beating 2-1, so we lose our 11th of game of the season. So the players are walking off the pitch. Jamie Saunders white goes over to clap to the fans, but has to be dragged away by Jamie Mackenoff. There is footage of that p- on criticism from some away fans. Yeah, it, it, the videos are on Twitter, you'll know where to find them if you are. We'll come on to that a bit later on, as there was activity on that today. So after the game, Steve Davis spoke to David and said. Trying to change the style of play, and that's going to take time. Got to be stronger, and we didn't make a game of it until the final 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, we can't get that first goal. Very disappointed with the marking for the first goal. No one went with their man for the second. Yeah, it says we didn't cause them problems until we went to listen more direct in the last 15 minutes. Maybe I'll have to think about that. I think, actually, maybe you will, Steve. We haven't got a sound defence at the moment. We got wired without penetrating or shooting enough, yeah. so... Yeah, make of that what you will. League table means that, that defeat means we stay in 19th in the National League, having played 19, won five, drawn four, lost 10. Goal difference of minus nine. Yep, so your
0: views on the yesterday's match? Not good league. enough.
1: Far from good enough, again. Two poor defensive mistakes. Not enough creativity or urgency. And some poor effort from too many players meant we slipped to a 2 1 defeat. Harold turns the ball, gets turned over uh, of possession in the middle of the park, and they go on an immediate counter attack. He makes no effort whatsoever to get back to help out. Um, and I don't think Moon tr- uh, came back enough uh, to help out either. And that's not to pick on them two, but you defend from the front. Yeah, absolutely. For me. Yeah. Um, losing is becoming a terrible habit for us. The players are looking like they're lacking confidence. Absolutely shot to pieces for some of them. Does Steve Davis really know what formations and passages played really work for the squad he's got? For me personally, I don't know if he does. I don't think
0: Steve Davis knows his strongest 11. What formation that strongest level is still.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I'm questioning. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm questioning. And and for me, I don't really know where we go from here because we're making the same mistakes week in, week out. So obviously they're watching and analysing the foot uh, the footage on a Monday or Tuesday or whenever it is they do it. But what are they actually doing to rectify it? Yeah. What actually is happening? I see plenty of calling for Steve Davis to be sacked. Um, you know, you make you make your, draw your own conclusions there. You know, we've lost too many goal games this season and, and and you know the buck does stop with the manager, but also the players have to stand up and take a bit of responsibility for it as well. Both goals, again, were defensive mistakes. Um, as I say, Steve really got a shoulder the blame for the poor formation, which meant we're not creating enough chances. They all need to have a frank and honest chat uh, amongst each other and find a solution that everybody is comfortable with so that we can progress and move forward. Or... We could be in a rele- rele- relegation dogfight and it's only November. Some have yeah. said, I've seen on socials, that we are in a relegation dogfight. It's it's now.
0: I think we're too good to go down, but I've sat here in this very room and said that. Exactly. Two out of the last three years, yeah. and have proved wrong on both sides, so anymore. I can't say that for me. Another disappointment on the pitch <laughs> following another defeat. Same pattern as a lot of other games this season, pretty much like the Gillingham game again concede another early goal through poor defending then we have a good spell don't take advantage then we turn off again and when you two goals down <coughs> pretty much exactly the same as Gillingham. and give ourselves too much to get to get back in it well done to James Dayton who's got his yeah. second goal in two games so like that I think the pressure is really on Steve Davis now so he's only taken three points from the last 33 that's really poor and most other clubs I would say would have got rid of him by now yeah. on that record <coughs> um, what happened to Steve I guess we'll come on to that shortly when we discuss Davis in Davis out. So great stat was sent to us from at Matt Bristow who said uh, the last LOFC 11 league games they have trialled for 65% of the minutes played which is 644 out of 990 <laughs> which is an average of 58 minutes per game. We've only led for 22 minutes in the last 11 league games which is 2% of the game. So for 4 minutes of tournament and for 80 minutes at barrow. Matt, take a bell mate. I don't take know how bell, I I think... those stats but superb and great to hear. So Loads of your views this week, so as you would expect, huge reaction to this. So we're going to read a lot of what we've got. We obviously won't read everything, but thank you to everything that came into Out and Outlook. And you'll all be pleased to know that Twitter has gone up now from 140 characters to 240. So there are a few longer tweets, but it gives you more kind of words to get your points (laughs) and views across.
1: (coughs) Yeah, so Charlie underscore Paul said... How much longer can he possibly have? It feels like last season, where I dread match days. I've no faith in Davis, and neither do the players. Conference south for us if he stays. Davis out now. Our O's fan
0: basic said sorry, but Davis has no idea who to pick where at the back. He's taking a punt now every week. Any of us could be doing a better job.
1: At five, Keown said, Nightmare with all these formation changes. If he's genuinely training all these formations with the lads, there may be not enough time on defense. And if he's not drilling each formation, perhaps that's why the players don't know what they are
0: doing. Great tweet. I'm sure that's not Martin Keown, but a good tweet there. From that. <laughs> at five, Keown at Sean Mercer underscore says, Not good enough. A lack of desire to win the game from Davis or the players. There's no grit and determination in the tackles. Time for Davis to go and take the coach's staff with him, and Link, who's some of these players as well. So we did mention Link was coming up for a lot of criticism, still happening this week.
1: Yeah, at ALB5399, 9, 9. defence is beyond embarrassing to watch. Davis has no idea what he's doing, shown by by the choosing of the wing-back formation, which clearly doesn't work for us. The Judd sub just re- reiterates this, Nice consolation goal though, hashtag Davis out. I'll
0: go back to uh, the last point you said no grit and determination in the tackle. I was speaking to two Orient fans today and they said every 50 50 ball, the absolute players were going in and looking like they were willing Winning to take it. a challenge, yep. like get hurt for the ball. And the Orient players weren't, weren't. doing yep. that that's Uh, a good it's it's absolutely fair yeah Stephen Orient says Davis needs to go now he does not seem to be able to get the players playing for him we are in serious relegation danger now that R word is cropping up quite a lot already.
1: yes a dirty word Ben D. Bollard said Britton at the back toothless up front every Saturday is Groundhog Day Yeah,
0: Ernie P. 6969 says I'm not one for sacking managers but I feel it's time to make a change same old defensive areas and nothing is changing.
1: Yes, Benno 011, Davis and Linger accountable. End of. Decisions need to be made now before we become a York. Seriously though, when do you see us turning this around? Yeah,
0: uh, Bill Buffalo Heat says the players didn't look particularly interested. 2-0 down at half-time, no response, poor players, poor manager. I'm very worried for this season. This team could get us relegated, that dreaded R word again.
1: Yeah, at Gary Talbot, 7 dire as usual. Average teams see off the Orient week after week. Loads of 30-somethings huffing and puffing. Yeah,
0: Jack Coates14 says, Davis needs to go for the club to progress in this league. Moody should not start another league game, and the formation was poor in the first half. At
1: El Coeldo, make no mistake about it, we are 100% in a relegation fight now, so I alluded to this earlier. I can't believe how bad we are defensively. I just can't see where the next win is coming from. Jamie
0: Stripes, is not being funny, but we have a bunch of coaches with a bag full of badges. Not one of them seems to have a clue about getting these players to do the basics. We need a motivator first and a coach second. Garbage from front to back.
1: At Joe underscore Pavitt said, three things are certain in life. Death, taxes, and orient defensive areas. Davis isn't good enough and he needs to go, despite the really unfortunate injuries. I like that, that, that tweet, great. Andre, tweet. Yeah, you know, he had
0: Steve has had unfortunate injuries, but you know, every club and team have to have that as well. So But he's been supported with for. replacements. Yeah, absolutely. And gorillas 1985 says, How is Moey still on the team? I know they're young, but Coroma, Satoriu, Dolby would all have put power behind that shot at the end. We are so dreadful. Not looking forward to playing league leaders at home next Saturday. Hashtag disgusting team going down.
1: Yeah, Rich P two four two. I judge the upstairs as much as Davis. He's been a dreadful appointment and in a way this is a worse than anything under the previous regime as we have absolutely no
0: excuse for off-field issues, just bad management and decisions. Wow, at Mr. T82, it's time for Davis to go. He's alternating lineups and tactics hitler at desperation and he really doesn't know what he is doing. And one of my favourite tweets coming up from LesLK52
1: who said, I'll tell you this. Possession never won a football game unless you have a cutting edge with your passing, which we don't. It means nothing. This is not the league to play Arsenal's style of football. You like that one? I really like that one. I think that's a bang on point. And Steve, I listened to Ozone, the the post-match that he did with Charlie. And he says, you know, this is how I want to play a certain type of football. I'm going to have to rethink that.
0: Yeah. well, he really is. I was talking to your brother-in-law last night. And he was an Arsenal fan. I was saying... Or you know, like the Arsenal, the national league, they have possession and they pass it around, but they always look for one pass too many, or it's just back to forward sides. They don't really score, and the defence, if you get them, always likely to concede. Mental. Yeah. Richard J. Bourne. His team started the season well, and progressively are getting worse. The Dave's excuse of having a new team and regime does not wash anymore. Yeah. Uh, Steve D F one said same every week. Can't defend balls into our own six yard box. No idea of our best team or formation. Yeah, at ugly green it says the three at the back aren't good enough to deal with crosses that come in when your wing backs are beaten. Stick to four four two. Not as creative. But it's much more solid, but our delivery to the box has been very poor too. And also, Ugly Green, welcome to the podcast. I don't remember ever using that to a the before, here. so yep. welcome to all the new tweeters and listeners.
1: Yep. do you pedal underscore TW said dreadful. Defence was non-existent in the first half. Formation was all wrong. Once the formation changed, we looked better. Still not great. Final ball is still so poor. Without one, we had no pace up front. And we had no one on the bench that was a real game changer. And for me, that's a really, really good point. We had no game changer on the bench, as you said at the top. Second week of-
0: running as well, where he chose the formation at half time and, made, and for the better. So it's. Why again, didn't we just start with that well, then? Starting with the wrong formation successively, yeah. LOFC yeah. Yeah. 1978. This is another shambles. Defending was awful. Davis doesn't seem to know preferred team or formation. He can't get them to work where heavy he goes with. The centre-backs were poor. The finishing was awful. Really worrying looking at the table. I can't see a win coming in and a change is needed. Yeah,
1: Vince Howard, 73. Such a shame, but it's simply not working with Davis. And while another coach may just simply show that the players aren't good enough, it's now worth the gamble to find yeah, out. Good tweet from
0: Biggs. That's Orient Fan TV. It's awful, awful, awful performance again from the O's. If something does not change at the club soon, I can only see it getting worse. Fans rightly expressing their views at the end of the game toward players Lembleton and JSW in a heated altercation with the fans.
1: Sharky War says, I might be mad, but I believe the players have to hold their hands up and admit they've been defensively
0: awful. need to man up. Eddie Jones, AFC says something needs to change and quick the momentum is going the wrong way what is Mooney giving the side? Fortunes need to change and soon
1: at gym586, defence is the problem. We create enough chances. After all the money they've paid out, the owners aren't going to pay off a manager unless they have to. We've come into the league, we've no experience of only six weeks to prepare, and teams are out to get us.
0: We are paying the high price. Good tweet there um, pretty at underscore LFC. It says a month ago, I would have said Davis in giving them the chance to turn it around. But three points for 33 is not acceptable and I can't see it getting better at the moment.
1: Yeah, K underscore Leontiev said, uh, trying to work out if Ellis is wearing a face mask or a blindfold. Oh, we well, <laughs> did include it, yeah, at Royal <laughs> Russell
0: 23. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> said before the start of the season, we need an experienced keeper for the league. Granger hasn't been poor, but his defence would be different with more confidence behind him. Davis's exit is overdue too. Paul Brush seems more inspiring than him. And he was awful. Yeah, Good point was. there about Granger and the defence, maybe not. Even though Granger's done well, maybe the defence will be confident in Granger's ability. they not think of it like that. Good point.
1: At EDWXST said, Surely, after thinking the Dagenham game would be a turning point, and it wasn't, then thinking the Woking game would be a turning point, and it wasn't, we'd realise a turning point just isn't going to happen.
0: At Digger H773046, as David should know by now, what formation is best suited to the players available for selection? Constant change in the shape is not helping the team, A players' confidence has disappeared. Next four games will decide David's future. So the next group of tweets, I've grouped these together in the next three because these are all people we know quite well and they're all very positive Orient fans. And Just listen to these as a, as a snapshot.
1: Yep. David Sears 3 said, This season is going the same way as the last. Half-decent start with some good performances followed by one inept display after another. No fight, no passion. Players not up to the job. The manager's clueless. Positivity from the summer, a distant memory.
0: Yeah, this followed up by Kevin Cowan who's probably the most positive Orient fan I think I probably have met, who says, never been one to advocate manager change after a run of bad results, but I think it is needed now. Plays being played in unfamiliar positions and complicated formations is damaging confidence, and I don't think Steve Davies knows how to turn it around. Hope Russell is packing his cap to return. I don't think Russell Slade's going to come back. He won't. Good tweet there. He Ken. won't. We, if we were a
1: league club, he would, but we, we're not. Um, and I've asked him, so that's how I <laughs> um, Barry Twin said, ignore the Dover game next Saturday. The three games after are all against teams currently below us. We need a change ASAP so a new manager can start with three easier games on paper and stop the rot. Three points
0: out of 33 is just not good enough. Hashtag Davis out. Yeah, and the final word on Davis from that Ron Saps at 15 who said, I thought we deserved a point, but we are lacking all over the pitch. Defenders can't defend. Midfield looks pretty but is ineffective and we are weak up front Moody does not do enough and we lack the cutting edge pace Davis must go now this can't keep going on every week so thank you to everyone who tweeted at Orin Outlook I mean that was just a fraction of what we got in and that has been a lot of tweets Uh, Mm. so thank you for sending your tweets in you can also contact us on email at Outlook at outlook.com or on Facebook or on Instagram we are pretty easy to find
1: Yep, absolutely. So, we thought we'd take to Twitter and do a poll, as we haven't done one in a while, so great shout by you, Thank you and ask whether you were a Davis in-camp or Davis out-camp. Which camp were you in? And the results are in. Yep. And we we're pleased to say that there are 472 uh, votes that were cast.
0: Yeah, decent eight, number, actually. Very decent number. Yep,
1: considering it was just a quick 24-hour yeah. snap poll. Uh, 88% of you voted... Davis
0: out that is unsurprisingly. a staggering percentage unsurprisingly I thought it would be about 75 to 80 but huge percentage so 88% of you voted Davis out for me yeah, yeah I'm sentiment. pretty much probably there it's not working is it it's not working but lovely guy done a lot for the club and I've it. it's it's tough but for me probably now I think I think it's probably time where things aren't improving and I'm not sure where we go from here so how how
1: and look, I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I like to be positive. You know, how long can you carry on doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome? It's our Einstein's definition of insanity, isn't it? It's like yeah. how long do you keep doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome? But on the other side of the coin is is Steve has got plans and the players aren't following it out and they're silly defensive errors which the players have got to hold their hands up, like not marking Absolutely, a player, yeah. not clearing your lines, not getting rid, not being strong enough in both boxes they're all things down to individual mistakes not Steve Davis the problem a manager
0: has though he's accountable for those mistakes Uh so if I don't know a centre back misses a header and leads to a goal that centre back won't get sacked or very rarely will he get sacked but the manager will be accountable for well, it well the
1: results will build get up get sacked
0: so, and that's the manager's responsibility is you know, to get results a huge amount of people are saying Davis out so yeah. that's where that is at so Prediction League update after uh, the match we say well done to at David Magics, at Ivan O'Sfan, at Tony underscore Antonio at Giorgio in 77 at Grunt the Posty at Smith Jack 7 and Samuel LFC 97 we <coughs> all predicted the correct results so one and two all so that means at league. The top three in the table are, in first place, Unexpected Item Zero on 14 points. In second, a nice shot, Steve Antonio on 13 points. And in joint third, Jack underscore Gibbo Seven and Samuel Lofc All on 12 points. So full prediction on the league table is on our Facebook page. And thank you to everyone who has been tweeting in their predictions. There are a shed load of them coming in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. Macaulay bonds in Zimbabwe Warriors, lost 3-1 away to <laughs> Namibia today. Uh, Macaulay Bond told us that he played the second half.
0: Yep. So what well about Macaulay now?
1: too so what I well didn't score, but that's not the end of the world. Just the experience of it. That this point is is a good learning curve for him. Yeah. So
0: hopefully he comes back and he's fit. Hopefully he doesn't go out for a while. I don't know the Zimbabwe <coughs> uh, national fixture list, but I'm hoping he's not out there too often. But good to yeah. see him on
1: the. It's just a friendly I believe court. as yeah. well,
0: yeah. Like, like for us. But yeah, So
1: Sunday the 12th of November today. As we recorded, following his altercation with a group of fans in the away end at Ebbsfleet, Jamie Sendles-White uh, posted a
0: statement on social media which reads... Yeah, he said, I just want to clear the situation up from yesterday. After the game, I went over to the fans to apologise for the recent performances and results. It hasn't been acceptable and I completely understand your frustration. I, along with everyone associated to the club, feel it too. What caused my reaction was a level of abuse alongside something that I perceived to be thrown in my direction. Though no, I fully understand it was wrong of me to react how I did. And I sincerely apologise for that. So that was what Jamie said was what I had to say uh, following yesterday's uh, incident. Yeah, so later on in uh, earlier, well, later on in the day, earlier today,
1: the Orient Ladies team were in action in the SSE Women's FA Cup uh, against Ipswich. Uh, they came back from 2-0 down to take the game into extra time, but were sadly beaten 4-2. In extra time, so unlucky to the ladies there, so it is now just purely focused on the league.
0: Yeah, let's get promoted out of the uh, league, the ladies, and let's get another successive promotion. So let's round up this podcast, and we try to get it in under an hour. I think it's going to come in at 115 to 120. So fantasy football update, Rob Langley leads the fantasy football league on 642 points, had a second place, Tim Roberts, on 633 points. I'm still in 134th place and hope my board don't sack me in the morning. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So there was obviously no football this week. So those are the results as per the end of last week's game week. So positives and negatives. James, positives. James yeah, dayton
0: go got two goals in two matches. Yeah, so great to see Dayton now adding goals to his game. He's got quite a lot of assists, but now he's getting goals. Hopefully yes, good that. goals as well. Yeah, very good goals. Ladies'
1: team have been smashing it in the last fortnight, uh, despite today's early defeat. Yeah. And obviously the youth team uh,
0: advancing in the FA Youth Cup. Yep, yeah, so definitely getting there. So for me, negatives, uh, two defeats in the last two games. Really similar defeats as well. Really similar pattern. Poor defending, yeah. wrong formation to go into the game with, can't score when we're on top and lose both games. Second one, out of the FA Cup, not to be all end all, but an FA Cup run's always nice. Here nice in the yeah. games, isn't it? And lastly, our defensive problems show no sign of improving. We could have a lot more negatives, but we could go there's on. There's no point, is there? So we'll leave it at that. So the key
1: ones are there. Yeah, here are of the week. week. Yeah, yep, this week goes to. James
0: Dayton, two goals in two matches. Well done to you, James Dayton. Yes, yeah, so well done, James. So next week's just fixtures. Just one yeah. fixture uh, for the O's next week as we welcome Dover Athletic to Brisbane Road on Saturday, the 18th of November. <coughs> as you would, Dover, top of the National League. Of course. You know, 36 points after being easily at home yesterday, 2-0. And I do believe Connor Essam uh, returns uh, with Dover. So he does. We see Connor next week. Doing better team. than us. Not good enough to be at uh, and now on a team... 18 places higher in the league that's could, unbelievable could isn't it, it even so right. that so if going is to Nova, it we'll see you there come and yeah. say hello if you see us at Brisbane Rome next Saturday
1: thanks for joining us for episode number one two one we're going to wrap this up now it's been another difficult fortnight for us O's fans following another defeat on the pitch as we knocked out the FA Cup away two defeats mate. Oh yeah, beg your pardon. Another two defeats on the pitch as we're knocked out in the FA Cup away to Gillingham, which was followed by an away defeat in the league to Ebbsfleet. The pressure is really on Steve Davis now. Uh, and also add to that probably on um Nigel and Kent yeah, um, but that's you know that's that's fan
0: pressure rather than their own pressure I mean obviously but if we hear anything or if anything comes to light we'll obviously try and get anything out on social media as soon as possible this week so keep your eyes peeled as always I'm sure most of the people do anyway yeah, but, you know, if anything does happen, we'll be we'll try and get anything out as soon as it happens. Yeah, the
1: pressure, as I say, is really on Steve Davis, with a huge majority of fans wanting Steve to leave the club, leaving the board who have been very vocal about stability, facing some very difficult questions. Will Steve be able to keep hold of his job? Only time will tell. However, it's not all bad news for the club as the ladies team continue to do well, as the youth team and the trust continue to do their
0: superb work in the community. Yeah, so we'll be back with episode 122 next Sunday evening, and it's going to be a corker. That's all I can tell you at the moment. Yeah, all the information and views that you can ever need. Yeah, <laughs> next Sunday's going to be big. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. If you're on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you will have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. If you have an older relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, grab their computer, download it for them, get it playing, just make sure they hear a lovely, dull, sit tone. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah, and this week we're going to
1: play you out with a bit of a, yeah. a question song. So seems, thank you for listening. Up the O's and we'll see you next week.
0: Seems apt.
2: black so if you want me off your back